Pete Sweeney, 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 Pete Sweeney. Sweeney is presented by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio. He's our Chiefs insider. He's the editor-in-chief at Arrowhead Pride. And happy 40th birthday yesterday to Pete Sweeney. How did it go? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, it was great. I mean, it's, it was a great birthday. A lot of support, a lot of, a lot of wishes on Twitter and whatnot. So thank you to, uh, to everyone who reached out, uh, except for Nick, who posted a really unflattering photo of me on the Internet. How Where old was that photo? Well, I have some flow, you know, a few years back here, and uh, Nick decided to go and, and dig it up and, and presented that to the to the masses. So uh, that was special, you know. I, I appreciated that, but I'm, I'm glad it's over with. Why do you think showcasing that you once had long, uh, luscious hair is a negative? You know what? I, I don't know if it was, like, the best look for me. You know, at, at the time, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what I was thinking at that stage in my life, but uh, we've grown up as uh, – Alex mentioned I'm a ripe 40 now, and so uh, we're moving forward. Pete, I think what we should do is find, uh, get in touch with Nick's dad and find some photos of him in high school when he said he had longer hair Ooh. and diamond earring studs. So <laughs> if we're looking for embarrassing photos, it sounds like Nick might have a few. Nick had diamond earring studs? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Not, I not, this is not something that I was aware of. No. You could just go on my Facebook. They're, they're public. They're Go public. Find them. Yeah. They're public photos? I had, I had big, famous stars and straps earrings. Huh. I also had studs that were the colors of the uh, Denver Nuggets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Those are big boys. Oh, man. All right, we're talking to... to uh, when, it's, when it's Nick's birthday, I'll have, to, I'll have to do some digging myself. So. All right, Pete. Do you have any insight on what's going on injury-wise with this football team? Because we knew about uh, McCole Hartman, the abdominal issue, and, and he hasn't practiced all week. But then yesterday, all of a sudden, Legereus Sneed uh, is on the injury report. Yeah, you know, it, it, these things happen. I mean, we're at, we're at the middle uh, of the season, you know, at this stage, and we'll probably find out more today. We're, we're actually headed out to the practice book now. We'll see if Legereus Need is available. If he isn't out there, we should get some kind of report, you know, at the end of the week here with, with Andy Reid when these injuries do pop up. They are really good at the end of the week of kind of telling us what's going on. Right now it doesn't seem like McColl. Uh, is is going to play this week. They're, it's a little bit mysterious with this this abdomen thing, and so we will end up seeing um, what happens with him. And, so, you know, it's, it's a fortunate timing-wise, never fortunate to get an injury, but fortunate timing-wise, they do have Kadarius Tony in the mix, and you really don't need seven receivers. So if one goes down like this, it, it should open opportunities for Tony, who Andy reconfirmed will get uh, more snaps as we go here. I guess that's it. Like to me, that's where I've like the sky more for 2022. That was fun, but that's not a part of the story, right? Because they show us time and time again, if they want to put a guy in the field, they want to get him playing time, Pete, they will. Yeah. And, and you know, I go back to the Josh Gordon experiment and I call it an experiment because it was a failed one, but they really didn't invest that percentage in him and tried to get him going early on. Just never worked out. Tried to make the team, this training camp, couldn't do it. And so they've been always trying to improve their situation when it comes to pass catchers on this team. And so they went and, and made the move. And, you know, from talking to the people in the building, they feel like they have a first-round talent in the Kadarius Tony. He's not going to play 100% of the snaps right away. This is the Andy Reid offense. But I do expect him to have more than nine that he had the first time around, probably in the 15 to 20 range, I would think. And then 
uh, as he learns more and more and as he gets more comfortable, I, I expect we'll, we'll see him um, getting close to, to what would be regular snap percentage. Pete, is this the best job we've st- seen from Steve Spagnolo? Because I, I know that he's leaned on the veterans and had wanted to, but with this young group, I feel like he's doing more with less than at any point in his time in Kansas City. I've been most impressed with the job he's done this year. Well, I think what is impressive about it is, A, you had a lot of new faces. Uh, B, you had players that are supposed to be significant contributors, such as a Willie Gay and, and now Frank Clark missing time. And then C, he's not someone who historically has been comfortable with starting younger players and for them to lean into these rookie cornerbacks like they have and to see them play well and and for us to to just get to know a seventh rounder like a Jalen Watson and to see the way that he's performing for this team I I just think it's been impressive I mean he's a Steve Spagnuolo is a secondary guy at heart and for these guys to be playing as well as they are is is just impressive and then again you know you you have these unforeseen circumstances where again the key guys are missing time and and it seems like the defense hasn't skipped a beat we always go into the season with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and we're like, well, can the defense uh, at least be okay? And I just think it's been more than that this season, and it's why the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders. We're talking to Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride. Yesterday, Juju Smith-Schuster spoke to the media, and really the ongoing question for the rest of the year is going to be around his future in Kansas City. It sounded like a guy that wants to be here, and I don't doubt that whatsoever, but is it is it desire to be here and be with Patrick Mahomes enough, even if this market blows up, in your opinion? Well, I, I think we just got to see what happens with the receivers now. The, this past year and the offseason completely changed the game when it came to receivers. We saw that right here in Kansas City. I mean, going into the offseason, this team wanted to keep Tyree Kill. Like, that's, that's very real. And because of circumstances and it blowing up, they just weren't able to, to do it and feel like they had uh, an ability to maintain flexibility in the future. So they adjusted on the fly and were able to, to, to do what they could. And so... For me, and this is a good thing about Kansas City, they're never going to give a bad contract out that they feel is bad value and, and puts them in a bind and, and disallows them from doing other kinds of moves. So really, to me, like what it comes down to is, you know, I know Juju is performing well, but is it almost going to be too well, right? I mean, there's a big difference than him maybe finishing between 1,000 1,100 yards and 1,100 yards or somehow blowing up and getting close to that 13-14 range that he did in 2018 where he might command uh, a lot of money. I think it's very possible that he ends up being in Kansas City because the key thing for me is the age. We have seen Brett Veach show reluctance to give guys that are a little bit older and above what would be that prime age, these long-term contracts. What Juju has is a lot of NFL experience, and hidden in that is that even though he has all these years of experience, he's still 25 years old. And so that, to me, speaks like a guy, so long as it's affordable and so long that he's willing to work with the Chiefs that could be here for a long term. And when I say long term, maybe a, a three year deal comes to mind. Please tell me that at least he'll make one exception for Chris Jones. Cause I, I don't want to know what the pass rush looks like, Pete. He'll pay him again, right? I don't know. Oh, I don't come know. on. I, yeah. I don't know. I, because we have seen uh, Brett Beach make these tough decisions before we've seen this regime, you know, move on from guys that they felt were, were not good value because of their age and, and whatnot. And I just tend to think um, this could be a player where, Beach makes a tough decision, you know, like he did with Tyron Matthew. And, you know, not every fan is going to love it. But, like, even that tough decision to make, you're, you're getting rid of the Super Bowl defensive leader, and it seems like he still has some, some something left in the tank. And, and right now in New Orleans, they're feeling like maybe they shouldn't have given him the contract. So 
Um, that's a little bit of a question for me, and I know that's tough. I know that's tough, but uh, we, we'll end up seeing what happens. There's still a year left on that, so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But um, I, I feel like right now they would have to keep Jones at least for the year, and, and then you, you kind of get back into that negotiation type deal. Do you feel like you've seen as much of George Karloftis the last couple of weeks? Because I felt like in the early part of the season the sacks weren't coming, Pete, but that I also felt like I was noticing him more on the field than I am now. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. I also think you saw last game where Carlos Dunlap is finally hitting some kind of stride here, and you hope that that can continue. And I think that Karloftis does have a lot of those hidden pressures. Like, if you really look at the pro football focus part of it, he is finding ways to pressure the quarterback. It just hasn't translated to sacks yet. But, I mean, you know, going into the season, I remember having conversations with you guys on, on this show and up at training camp that – this is a rookie defensive end that was drafted late in the first round, and you would probably take somewhere between the, the range of three and five sacks. And I tend to think that's still very possible with George Karloftis. I, I still think he's coming to his, his own a little bit in, in the defense. And I, I think, you know, in talking to him, he's happy with how the, 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 the first half of the year has gone, but he's also a little bit hungry and wants to see that, that production when it comes to sacks. So I, I think give him a little bit of time, but it definitely feels like a player – that is going to be able to grow within the defense and someone that will be really valuable to have on that rookie contract. Pete, what did you make of Eric Bieniemy's comments about this rushing attack? It seemed as though he thinks the, the solution <laughs> is, well, just run the ball more. And I just don't, I, I just don't think that's a, the solution, nor do I think that that's actually what they're going to really do. No, you know, it, it felt like, okay, we get, you know, how do you, how do you get more rushing yards? Well, you run the ball more. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no duh. Like, but it's like, <laughs> do you, which, which running back do you want to use here? And I think, for me, the solution has been, and I don't know if the Chiefs necessarily feel this way, but that, to me, the solution has been McKinnon has to be your, your third down back, your your pass protector, and you got to pick one or the other, and you got to give them carries. So I'm not saying, oh, there needs to be more running plays. I think you got to lean into, and I don't even care who it is. Like some people, some people like Isaiah Pacheco, whatever. Just give one of these guys an opportunity to have 10 to 15 carries and get in some sort of rhythm. You. you you get some guy going, and then all of a sudden they're, they're out of the mix in this three-way running back committee. You look at the successful running back committees around the NFL, it's usually two guys. Really rare that you see three guys like cooking. And so I wish that they, if they're going to lean into Pacheco, give Pacheco the 10 to 15 carries and let's see what he can do. If it's going to be Clyde, give him the 10 to 15 carries and let's see what he can do. That, to me, is the solution. And, yeah, it's, it's a willingness to call running plays. Um, but then you got to be careful with that, too, because – you also, at that stage, are taking the, the ball out of past hands. So it's a little bit of that, uh, not, to, not to cop one of your things, Gold, but the Goldilocks thing where, you know, you kind of <laughs> got to run the ball just right and get it going, and I think that'll help the, the pass game as well. And the, the tough part here, too, is we're talking about a team that had 499 net yards uh, in the game. And so I know that they made mistakes, and that led to them not scoring points, but it's still a, an offense that, that is one of the better offenses of the, the league for, from a, a yardage standpoint. So – it's nitpicking a little bit, but you'd like to see a little bit more balance, at least. I guess, but to me, it's like switching over to the one running back is like, I don't know, that doesn't seem like the solution because neither guy has jumped off the page and seemingly other backs and other markets have had a find, you know, have found a way, I guess, in order to make it work when they only get five touches a game. To me, this really comes back down to the offensive line. They're not a good run-blocking offensive line, and I don't think that's going to change, Pete. I think there's always going to be a limitation for how good they're going to be in the running game. Well, it seems like they're doing a little bit more zone running, and, and they were having a little bit more success with the power stuff early in the year. And so maybe it's just a, a matter of them changing the scheme a little bit. But I, I really think if you can pick one guy and allow him 
to, in a, in a way, get in a rhythm. This is something that the, the running backs will always tell you, the players will always tell you. They need to be out there to feel like they're in a rhythm in the game. And I just, I think, why not try it? You need to get some, you need to have some way for this run game to get going. And I don't, you know, you don't like to see any of these players get benched because I do believe that Pacheco is talented. I do believe that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is talented. But unless you give one, someone, one of these guys a true opportunity, I don't know how you can get the run game going. And I, I, I don't think it's completely on the running backs. I agree with you that it's the offensive line. But then it comes to the coaching, too. Why was it successful early on and not so successful now? And that, that ha- that's up to the coaches. And, you know, for your offensive coordinator to have been a former running backs coach, it just simply needs to be better. And so you hope that you see that starting Sunday against the Jaguars, who are actually pretty good against the run. So it's going to be another challenge against Jacksonville to get it going. But I just feel like and, and you, when you watch this team, when they are running the football well, it's just a better offense as a whole. So no matter how you figure out how to, how to get this going, it has to because against the better teams, I think, in the, the AFC playoffs, it's going to require balance and, and, a, and a better offense when the other team is scoring to make sure that you win that football game. Pete, uh, Nick Schwert refused to eat an egg salad sandwich to support the veterans here on Veterans Day. <laughs> I, I know you support the veterans, so if we gave you an egg salad sandwich, I assume you would have at least taken a bite out of it, correct? I would have finished the whole thing on yeah, Veterans Day. I figured. Yeah. I'm that you know, I'm I'm that that type of guy. I I, I want to support the veterans in any any way possible. And I'll tell you what, I you know, I, I kind of like egg salad. You know, as really? it turns out, so I, I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably enjoy it. I mean that. I saw it the other day when I was in for Arrowhead Pride Radio, and it, it looks pretty appetizing. Uh, Maybe a little salt and pepper and, and get that thing going. So, Pete, I will see you later tonight. So if I grab it on my way out of the office today, you're telling me you will eat the sandwich today. Oh, I have I have plans for every meal a day. But, you know, some sometime at a later date for the veterans, of course, I'll, I'll be happy to do it. There you go. Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider, the editor-in-chief over at Arrowhead Pride. 